You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. That was um, in the top five, at least, of the best introductions I've ever had. Thanks, Jeff. I, um, you know, I'm going to talk this morning about a subject that we're all painfully familiar with. Um, we're going to talk about change. And uh, I have to say, in light of that, um, again, that beautiful introduction, 15 years ago, you wouldn't have gotten that response from me. 15 years ago, I probably would have been corrective, judgmental, you know, shame on you kind of thing. But you know, um, when God starts to do a healing work in our hearts and we're able to lay down some of our pain and some of our fear and, and um, allow God to touch those things in us that are so deeply seated and so tied to the negative part of our identity, you know, it, it, we just change. Our perceptions change. The way we look at people changes. The way we, we relate to one another changes. The way we just the way we see God's creation just changes. So today I'm going to talk about change. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a subject that uh, probably is somewhat intriguing, but, but I think if we're being honest, it probably causes a lot of panic and terror. I mean, how many of you hear the word change and you immediately, you get sort of a, a negative maybe feeling in, in the pit of your stomach. But we're going to look today... Uh, at the blessing of change, because change is inevitable, isn't it? I mean, somebody wisely and truly said that change is the evidence of life. I mean, change is happening to us on a regular basis. So we're going to do a little bit of a a little bit of a thing here, and you might wonder why we're going to do this thing, but you'll find out in a few minutes why we're going to do this thing. But I want you all to do something. I want you to stand up, and I want you to walk around to somebody that you feel comfortable with. I don't, you don't have to go greet a stranger today or anything like that, but just somebody that you know, and maybe shake their hand. If, if, if you have permission, give them a hug. Say some kind words to them. Smile at them. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to grab a tissue. I Smile at them. Say, say some kind words. Give someone a sincere compliment. All right, boy, you guys, okay, you excelled at this experiment. You get an A plus, okay. <laughs> Come on back in, all right. That was good, wow, okay. <laughs> okay, in, in, in continuation here, I have a few things I want to share with you, and um and, and maybe you've heard some of these before, but I, love, I personally love this and think it bears repeating. So, uh, how many of you are familiar with church bulletin bloopers? Uh, 
And so this is really good. So I'm going to read to you a few classic church bulletin bloopers. And, uh, and again, just some of my favorite ones. And I don't care how many times I hear them. They're funny. The fasting and prayer conference includes meals. <laughs> the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on water. Tonight's topic, searching for Jesus. <laughs> I love this one. Ladies, don't forget about the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. Bring your husbands. <laughs> don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. <laughs> For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. Oh my gosh, I love these things. Okay, uh, the Bean Supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. <laughs> at, the, at the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> Not your choir, your choir's beautiful, but some, some choirs, okay. This evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. They left off the G on the sing. Let's see, you bring a blanket. You didn't like that one. Okay, okay. How about this one? The low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday at 7 p.m. Please use the back door. How's out this one? Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. Please use the large double door. At the side entrance, okay. Well, anyway, okay, so you might wonder what we're in the world we're doing because that doesn't seem very spiritual, but here's what we just did. This is like really a scientific truth is that every single one of us just now in the last two or three minutes experienced change. While we laughed, while we hugged one another, while we complimented one another, while we just fellowshiped with one another, both of those exercises actually changed our brain chemistry. Your feel-good hormones increased, your stress hormones decreased. Change is not always a negative or scary thing. There is great blessing in change. And what happened right now actually, like I said, caused our brain chemistry to change, kind of relaxed us, kind of got us ready for the day. We experienced change. So here, we have to ask ourselves, why do we fear and resist change? Anybody know why we fear and resist change? Anybody here fear or resist change? Well, it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Lots of times, change is something we've never experienced before, and so it's the fear of the unknown. It's, how about this one, the loss of control? Because we all know that we love to control everything, and we all know how successful that is, right? Wrong. But we, we, we fear that, that loss of control. How about feelings of insecurity or negative experiences with change? How many of you ever had a change in your life that was really a negative? I mean, it was really, it, it was really scary. It was really hard. It was really not something that you wanted to do or something you felt comfortable with. So sometimes, you know, this thing that is inevitable, this thing that we're never going to get away from, this thing that things are changing in our bodies, things are changing in our brains, things are changing on the, on the external and on the internal, things are changing constantly, but we, we fear change. So we're going to talk a little bit today, we're going to flip this to the plot positive, and we're going to find God's blessing in change. They brought this whiteboard. I wasn't going to use the, I love that. 
they brought the whiteboard, they put the pulpit down here. You read my mind. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to use that whiteboard. It's here and I'm going to use it. So we're going to look at this just for a moment. <clears throat> what do, you know what I'm going to do? Well, you're good. <laughs> you must have heard this before. <laughs> but what we're going to do here is we're just going to look at this because this is just a good way for all of us to kind of relate and maybe have a little bit of a visual here. But how many of us have expectations in life? 100% of us have expectations in life. Whether we know it or not, we expect certain things out of life. We expect certain things out of people. We expect certain things out of God. We expect things out of life, don't we? And how many times in our lives have our expectations not lined up with our reality? Anybody married? Anybody honest to say that sometimes your expectation of your spouse does not line up with the reality of your spouse? And kids. Anybody have kids? Remember how before you had kids, you know, you looked at other people's kids and you said, my kids will never act like those kids because my kids are going to be really perfect because they're my kids. Right? Anybody ever? Right? No? Yeah? Okay. Anyway, so we have expectations and then we have reality. And anytime there's a, a, a chasm or a space between expectation and reality, we experience fear, we experience pain, we experience frustration, and probably lots of other things, but we're going to stick with those for now. And when we experience fear, pain, and frustration, and we don't know what to do with those things, we get angry. And anger... <laughs> <laughs> you have heard this before. <laughs> anyway, and so what happens then, if we're, if we're expecting life to stay the same, if we're expecting things to stay the same, if we're expecting everything in our neat and tidy little world to stay the same, that is not going to be our reality, and we're going to have all these negative emotions in the middle, and we're going to end up conflicted. We're going to end up with a real problem. But let's, again, let's flip this over to the positive and let's find God's blessing in change. Lots of scripture that talks about change because God knew we would need to hear what he had to say about this and how important this was going to be for our lives. We all know Ecclesiastes, you know, maybe we don't know the, the address here, but we're familiar with the scripture. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter three says to everything, everybody say everything, everything. To everything, there is a season or a time of change. We get to live in Iowa, which often is a blessing. Sometimes in the middle of January, we think, dear God in heaven, why can't you send me somewhere warm? But you know what? We experience four seasons, don't we? We have four distinct seasons. We understand what seasons are. And God says to everything, there is a season or a time for change. We see this, the, the changes in the seasons and a time for every purpose under heaven. And then it goes on to say that he, that God makes it all beautiful in his time. All these changes, all these seasons of life, all these things that we resist, God creates, he implements, and he makes them beautiful in his time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, uh, this is a New Living Translation. It says this. I love this. It says, that is why we never give up. This is why we never give up. 
Because though our bodies are dying, well, that's a change that we all know is inevitable, but we kind of don't like to think about. Here's the good part. Our spirits or our inner person, our inner man is being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze that cannot, on the things that cannot be seen, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. In other words, change is happening constantly. Our bodies are changing. Our bodies are, I'm 65, soon to be 66. You get to be this age and you realize this body is just changing. My, we're, we just, I don't know why we do these things to ourselves, but we just bought a house. I, you know, we probably need some sort of deep therapy. But anyway, we just bought a house because for some reason we can't just leave well enough alone. We just create these crazy projects for ourselves. So we bought a house. Not only did we buy a house, we bought a house that needs a complete overhaul. And so um, we've been, we haven't even closed on the house yet, but, we're, but we had permission from the owner to do a lot of the outside work. So we have been working and working and hauling rock and doing things. And yesterday, Dave looked at me and he goes, you know, you really aren't very strong, but I love you anyway. And I went. <laughs> and then I thought, well, he's right. I used to be kind of strong. Things are changing. You know, I used to be able to pick up, you know, a lot of those heavy rocks. I shoveled rock for about 15 minutes. I thought, oh, dear God, I'm going to die. I have to go sit down and cool and have a iced tea in the shade. And, and my rock shoveling career was over. But you know what? Things are changing. But also our spirits or our inner person, our inner man, our inner woman is also changing, being renewed every day. Wow. You know, we know 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, a great change, one of the great changes, the, the most incredible, miraculous change of all time. It says, therefore, if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. I mean, a whole changed, brand new being. The old passes away. Everything becomes new. I'm talking about positive change here. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, dedicating every bit of yourself as a living sacrifice, wholly pleasing to God, which is your rational act of worship, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, it says, and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind so that you might prove for yourself what is the will of God, that good and that acceptable and that perfect will, his plan and his purpose for you. That's a transformation that's constantly happening. That's one of those continual processes of change. As we present our lives to God, we are transformed and progressively changed. Wow. James 1.17 says, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the creator and the sustainer of heavens in whom there is no variation. There is no change. He is perfect and he never changes. Wow. Romans 8 
38 and 39, says this, and I am convinced, I love this, this is, this is like one of my favorites. They're all my favorite, but this is really one of my favorites. And I am convinced that nothing, nothing, not anything can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing we've read about in, in Corinthians about the temporary things that we see and, and those things will change, but there are eternal things that will never change because God never changes, because his love for us never changes, because his presence in us and with us never changes. And he says, goes on to say, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Whatever we experience in this world, whatever we're experiencing, whatever, whatever changes are, we're experiencing in this life that for the moment feel painful or the moment feel bad, nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor our fears for today, or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate me from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Wow. Wow. You know, if we can hold on to this stuff, you know, if we, if, we can, if, we can, if we can remember these things in the hard times, in the dark times, in the times where the change of life and the change in our circumstances and the change in, in whatever's going on around us or whatever's going on inside of us feel overwhelming, you know, if we can just hold on to the absolute truth that nothing can separate me from God's love. Nothing. So, you know, it begs the question... <laughs> How can I face change without fear? Because change is scary. And, you know, again, just be aware that we can change. We read it in Romans 12. As we present our bodies, as we present our lives to God, as we, and you know, what does that look like? Does that look like living a perfect life, you know, that we're constantly praying, constantly worshiping? Well, I, you know, I, theoretically maybe, but practically no. That means just, you know, Whatever I do, you know, it's just God is kind of like at the center of it, you know? You used to, remember we used to see those charts? Back in the day, we used to teach from these charts, or we used to learn from these charts, and it would say, you know, that priority chart. Remember the priority chart? And, you know, God first, and then I don't know what's next because it depends on where you are in life, you know? You're family, your kids, your work, your church, I don't know. There was this, you know, priority chart, and it was really confusing and, and really kind of like, um, it felt like we were separating all of these different things and, and, and compartmentalizing all these different things, but what if we were to take all the things that in our lives that pertain to us? I mean, and, and that's as individual as we are. All the things in our lives that pertain to us, we just put God in the center of that. It's like he's the center of the wheel and all the spokes come from there. And so, you know, we can present our lives to God and just walk in that sense that, you know, sometimes the days I do it right, some days I do it wrong. Some days I, I you know, I, I, I fail miserably. Other days I feel like I'm living in, you know, in the heavenly places. But you know what? I'm just going to give it all to God and let him help me sort it out. And as we do that, we can change. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
How else can we face change without fear? Well, we can acknowledge the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and be humble enough to ask him for help. You know, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. But, you know, pride refuses to ask for help. Humility says, you know what, I, don't, I can't get this. I got to ask for help. Well, you know, here's a real modern day example of that. How many of you are completely dependent upon GPS? You know, that thing in your phone that you say, Surrey, navigate me to such and such, and it gets you there miraculously. How did we ever travel without GPS? Every time Dave and I come home from Arizona and drive through Kansas City, I'm like, how did we ever get through Kansas City without GPS? How did we do it? I mean, I'm shocked we don't live in Kansas City just because we got lost there sometime and got stuck there and never were able to find our way out. That is the hardest city to navigate. I mean, it is really hard. And if you're not paying close attention to that GPS, you're going to be in trouble. Well, you know, we, we are, um, have the wonderful privilege to have a house down in Sun City, Arizona with all the rest of the old people in America. And uh, so we winter in Sun City, Arizona. And it's great and it's wonderful. And, and because it's so great and so wonderful, we get lots of company. So much company that I've kind of quit inviting people. But anyway, because we have so much company, we make lots of trips to the airport because, you know, we like our airport transportation for all of our company. We pick them up from the airport. We take them back to the airport. And this happens lots and lots of times during winter to the point where we really know how to get to the airport. I mean, we could almost make it to the Phoenix airport blindfolded. But listen to this. Every time we make a trip to the airport, I plug in the GPS, and do you know why? Not because we don't know our way to the airport. Not because we can't find our way. We take the 101 to the 10 to exit 49 to the airport exit. We get lost getting out of the airport often, but we can get there really well. But anyway, but, so it's a simple, really, route, but we GPS it every single time because in Phoenix, Arizona, there could be an accident that would hinder our way. There could be road construction that would hinder our way. There can be lots of roadblocks in the way that GPS magically knows how to get around and get us there in the quickest and safest and most expedient fashion, just like the Holy Spirit. We think we know how to navigate life. We think we know how to do it because we've done it a hundred times before and we know how this is supposed to go. But did you know that if we would humble ourselves and we would ask the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is just is better than the navigation systems in our phones and the Holy Spirit can help us avoid the pitfalls, help us avoid the accidents, the unknown and the unseen. He knows how to direct us, and oftentimes that changes, everybody say changes, our course. Now, another interesting thing is I always plug in the GPS because I don't have faith in road construction or accidents or, or whatever. And so, you know, sometimes she'll take us on these wild and crazy, she'll just turn off here, and Dave will go, no, we don't turn off there. We're not supposed to turn off there. And I'll say, you know what? If you want to argue with her, fine. My GPS is a very smart woman. I said, if you want to argue with her, you just go right ahead and argue with her. But I'm just going to tell you that she's telling us the way to go, and it's going to be the fastest, best way. Is this not true? And don't we do that oftentimes? <laughs> <laughs> with the Holy Spirit, we argue. We say, no, 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 I know the best way. Sometimes it takes an act of humility to ask the Holy Spirit and be willing to change course. Another real positive 
miraculous way of change that we've experienced in our family just in the last year or so. And I shared with you last week how our, our granddaughter Sky was diagnosed with um, acute myeloid leukemia about a year and a half ago and um, real negative prognosis, real bad situation. And so uh, to make a long and complicated story very short and succinct, when the doctor shared her diagnosis with her, he looked at her and he goes, we're going to burn the field. He said, sometimes you have to bring something to death before it can be brought back to life. Sometimes you have to burn the field and get rid of all the old before you can replant and have the new. And we didn't know what that was actually going to look like, but as time went on, we became very clear and very aware of what that was going to look like. And that little girl was brought to the very brink of death through medical interventions, chemotherapy, radiation. Her little body at that time, which weighed about 80 pounds, was brought to the absolute brink of death so that her brother could donate his healthy stem cells. And they infused her with those healthy stem cells. And it not only brought her back to life, it changed her DNA. It changed her blood type. It changed her very chromosomes to the fact, to the extent that now she and her brother, a sister and a brother, have the exact same DNA. Her blood chromosome is now XY, which any of you know that that's a male blood chromosome. The change that came to her started out with a near-death experience, but brought new life and a new DNA. And you know, the Word of God tells us that His DNA resides in us. When we're born again, we change to the degree that God's DNA resides in us. Wow! By the Holy Spirit, who if we will humble ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, it changes our course. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We're transformed more and more into the image of God. Sometimes you got to burn the field for the change to happen. So we have to be willing to change course. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Listen to this. The devil shouts lies, doesn't he? Loudly. The Spirit whispers truth. John 16, 13 says, but when he, Jesus is talking here, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will cause you to change course into all truth. For he will not speak of his own initiative, but he will speak whatever he hears from the Father. The message regarding the Son, and he will disclose to you what is to come in the future. We can trust God. We can trust him. Wow. What else can we do? We can pray. How do we change? How do we face change without fear? I know I said the other scripture was my favorite, but I think this is really my favorite. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I think it's my favorite because it's my life's work, my life's challenge. I really struggle with this one. I really struggle with fear and anxiety, especially the older I get. 
I think, I think because the older I get, the more I realize that I can't do it on my own because I'm not very strong anymore. It says, do not have any fear or any anxiety about anything. I struggle with that. But then he gives us the answer. He says, but instead of fear and anxiety, pray specifically to God with a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving, and his peace will build a strong wall of protection around our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's change that we can all live with. Walking in that sense of peace, walking in that place where there's a strong wall of protection around our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How else can I face change without fear? Well, this is a hard one. How about releasing control? That's another one I really struggle with. You know, I think, I think we all do. You know, we experience pain in life. We talked about it last week. We experience, uh, you know, pain. We experience fear, pain, frustration. Our reality of our life is, is far different than the expectation in our life. And, and we you know, we, we try to control. We just try to hold on to the familiar. We try to, if we could feel like if we can control the people and the circumstances around us, we can stay safe. And to give up that sense of control. God says in 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, he tells us to humble ourselves in our own estimation. In other words, honey, you don't have any control over this. Our own estimation says, I can control this. God says, humble yourself in your own estimation under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you, casting, throwing, I mean really throwing, as far as we can throw and not running back and getting, you know, not playing fetch, but just throwing it and leaving there, casting all of our cares, all of our anxieties, all of our worries, all of our concerns on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection. And I love this. This is in the Amplified and watches over you very carefully. How else can we face life's changes without fear? And again, we shared a little bit on this last week, but experience his love and comfort. Because 1 John 4.18 says his perfect love casts out all fear. His perfect love, knowing that love, experiencing that love, walking in that love, allowing him to heal the areas of our lives that are restricting us from fully experiencing that love, allowing him to show us those areas in our lives that are restricting us from fully experiencing his love, and then allowing his love to come in and touch those areas. That's a vulnerable place to be. That takes that humbling of ourselves that we talked about in First Peter. That takes us being willing to admit that maybe we don't know the directions. Maybe we need the Holy Spirit GPS system, if you will, to show us the roadblocks ahead. Recognize that God is creating opportunities for us to grow. Ugh. To expand our lives. To be transformed. To go from glory to glory. God's creating opportunities. 
I am not, I do not believe that God causes bad things to happen because we just read in James that he is, he is, he doesn't change, that every good and perfect gift comes from God and he doesn't change. There's no shifting. There's no shadow in that. So I don't believe bad things come from God. I do, however, believe that we live in a fallen world and bad things happen. Right? I also strongly believe that if we give those things to God, if we cast those things on God, if we trust God with those things, that he will take those circumstances, those situations, those changes that feel so devastating to us, that if we give those things to him, that he will turn those into the most powerful testimony in our lives. The greatest ability to help others. You know, sometimes the greatest challenges that we've faced, the greatest pain that we've experienced, if we allow God to come in and touch that and heal that, we can, out of that healing, help so many others. I don't know if I said this last week. I say it often. I'm going to repeat it again because even if I did say it last week, it bears repeating. An unhealed pain can cause a wound that can last a lifetime. Say it again. Unhealed pain can cause a wound that can last a lifetime. However, if I allow God to show me those areas of my life and I allow his love to heal those areas of my life, then I can help other people heal out of my healing, out of my place of healing. You know, we can bury our pain and we can bury others in our pain. We can also experience healing for our pain and become a healer, become an extension of God's healing love. So recognize that God is using, creating, and using opportunities for us to grow, to expand our lives, to be transformed, and to go from glory to glory. Here's a great scripture that a lot of us really focused on several years ago. There was a little book out called The Prayer of Jabez, and I know a lot of us probably read it, maybe even had Bible studies on it, just really kind of absorbed it. But this is an awesome prayer that Jabez prayed in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 10. He said, he cried to God. He said, oh God, that you would bless me. We're talking today about the blessing of change, that you would bless me and expand my borders or change me. Change my life. Jabez cried out to God that you would bless me, that you would expand my borders, that you would change me, and that your hand might be with me and keep me from evil so that it might not hurt me and that I might not hurt others. And God granted his request. Oh, God. That I might be accepting of the changes of my life. That I might walk confidently into those circumstances knowing that you're with me, that you're never going to leave me, that nothing can separate me from your love. That regardless of what's going on in me or around me, nothing will ever separate me from your love. And then maybe even get brave enough to be like Jabez and say, okay, God, expand my way. Bring it on, God, and help it to be a blessing to me and a blessing to others. So let's just pray today. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come to you as a people with so many stories, 
so many life experiences, so many changes, sometimes so much pain attached to those changes. Oftentimes, our reality not meeting our expectation. And, and so many of those things has caused us to not only resist change, but to be absolutely terrified of change. So God, today, today, God, for this moment in time, God, we choose to cast those cares upon you because you care so deeply for us. We choose today to instead of having fear and anxiety about change, but we, we choose today to pray specifically to you, to talk to you about each one of those things that is causing us fear, God, and to thank you, God, for your hand in our lives and to accept your peace that builds a strong wall of protection around our hearts and minds. Today, Father, we choose to acknowledge and believe that nothing in our lives, nothing Nothing can ever separate us from your love. Neither death nor life can separate us from your love. No power in the sky can separate us from your love. No worries about today or tomorrow can separate us from your love. Nothing in, any, in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from your love because of the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth who leads us into all truth, who can show us the clear path, Father. We receive that from you today, and we thank you for your great love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.